0: Welcome to Bruin's Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording here, and um, I would say it's nearly mid-December, but it's getting pretty chilly. Uh, Numbers are rising throughout the country, and yet sports continue, so we record.
1: Life Um, life finds a way.
0: Yeah, especially in this uh, very tumultuous um, transition time that we have going on with the country but sports continues, holidays are going on and people are pushing on. Some many people are and then many people are not. But here we go. UCLA. Uh we have sports going on. We have we we got to talk about men's basketball, women's basketball, football and pretty exciting news that broke yesterday. Um so
1: and it's rivalry you
0: know. week. And it's rivalry week. That that can't be I can't go without saying. Uh, it's so a strange rivalry week, but it's a rivalry week. Yeah, I saw that uh, they did still cover up John Wooden um, and the Bear,
1: so that's good. At least we have a few traditions. Well, yeah, we can't trust the Trojans to socially distance and actually follow the rules. How many, have we actually looked at the numbers of, has USC published
0: their numbers in terms of how many students have violated Social distancing there?
1: I don't know, but... I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't uh, trust them. With transparency? Are they like China? Eh, I just... You know... A, a lower um, aptitude level, if you will.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we won't get too political. In international affairs. <laughs> but, anyways... Um, <clears throat> So let's start off with basketball. Last week
1: we played Seattle. What did you see, Zed? Yeah, so the this game against Seattle and games against Cal, I think of we've sort of seen a mini accelerated version of what we saw with the team last year, where it you know it took us you know half the season to get to where we are now, where it only took two two games, really um. You know, Against Seattle, again, we were just a better team, um, just more talented. And the biggest key takeaway from both games is Jalen Hill is absolutely the most important player on the court. Uh, just his ability to be able to defend on the perimeter, even smaller guards, was on full display in both games. He does it incredibly well for a big guy. Uh, he cleans up inside. He's just uh, on the rebound, on the glass, and rebounds, and offensively, he moves the ball really well for a big guy. Passes it and finishes his his shots up uh, in the paint. Uh, we saw that really that connection with Tiger against Cal, but even against um, Seattle. Again, he was the biggest guy on the court most of the time, so he was able to just dominate on that in that first game back. So. He really is the key to how good this team can be, in my opinion. And then the second is is Tiger, Campbell, and he's really seemed to have improved um, off his play from last season, and he's come, sort of back to where he needs to be. Um, you know, he's driving and making his layups and shots there. He's distributing when he can't hit those shots or, you know, is well defended. Um, and he's playing smart, good basketball. And it was awesome seeing him in the game against Cal. I think he had like 13 assists, 12 assists. I don't remember the exact same number to one turnover. And that's exactly what we need him to do is, you know, distribute and penetrate. And when he does that, we have a very, very high likelihood of, of you know, running a, a effective offense. Um and and the the exciting part about this team right now is that we're just I feel like we haven't fully scratched the surface yet. Um, we get Johnny Juzang back, so that's another you know important piece. I know we haven't seen him play in a UCLA uniform, but he brings you know a natural three point shooter possibly to the starting lineup once he kind of has his feet underneath him again. So. That's exciting um, to think about. The one concern I think I still have, um, we still, you know, on the defensive side, we play with a lot more energy now in the last two games, but we still see a little bit of of a lapse for, you know, a few couple minute stretches. And so we need to get back to where we're sustaining that for the entire game and not take our foot off the gas. And then the other thing is this, you know, I I think at this point it's safe to say Chris Smith is not that alpha dog type of player we were all hoping to be for him to be. Even when he scores twenty plus points or nineteen points like he did against Cal, um, he just has r- really quiet games. He never seems to really assert himself, and there's spurts of the games where he just. Seems like he's out of it, both on the defensive side sometimes and even, you know, just with careless turnovers and things like that. Um, And so while he is a good player, I think he just doesn't have that personality or that killer instinct to just take it over and, you know, dominate. Because he does have the physical ability and the skills to do so. I mean, we see it from him often where he creates his own shot, and he's really the only guy on our team right now that can really do that. Um, but, you know, he's still not doing it consistently, which is unfortunate. So, you know, those are a couple of things, but I think we're we're in a good spot now in terms of how well we're playing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you touched on Tiger and, and Jalen's importance, and one thing that was exciting to see is that Tiger... He seems like he's uh, just picking up from that third overtime and Pepperdine and he's been running away and, and kind of kept that momentum. So that's good to see um, because I agree. I mean, I think, it, yeah, you can make a case that either of those two are the most important players, Um uh, for well, Tiger, I would say is the most important for the offensive side of the ball, but Jalen definitely in terms of being a defensive anchor, and where he contributes down in the post, he just he he is developing a touch which is really helpful, and able you know to 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 score in these kind of like these these not awkward ways, but he's able to contort his body in a way that you know get off these shots you know and and sometimes pick up a foul. So Jalen, welcome back. I mean, I know you missed what did he 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 was back for Pepperdine was he for no he wasn't oh he wasn't so he missed the first two games yeah Um, so yeah as you said his impact is very much felt um so it's good to see them back the other two things that she that um I wanted to touch on was Seattle U Jules Bernard you know he, he contributed in a big way from the outside and then with Cal, you had Singleton. So I feel like these guys are going to rotate throughout the year. Um, and then on the other side, you have uh, Hake, Hakez and then Kyman I think he's going to start getting his groove. He just heard, hit his first three in the Cal game. So I think he's going to be coming on later. You know, he's not shooting at the numbers he was last year so far, but it's only four games in the season. And I think if we learn anything from the San Diego State game, is it's the first game. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's it was disappointing to see momentum wasn't carried, but San Diego State also had a nail biter versus Pepperdine, um, which ends up they may look like they could be a tougher team than we could see.
1: I don't if know if Pepperdine a team Pepperdine looks like a good team. I think, you know, everyone seems to have underestimated them a little bit, so that that makes me feel better personally about that game. It wasn't just, you know, a, a another bad game it was you know they were playing a legitimately possibly underrated team in that situation
0: yeah and i think but the one thing out of all this as these guys rotate and contribute you know between the tiger um Jaylen and chris smith uh i think that the biggest thing, as you said, uh, you know, defensive laps, but we also just got to hit our free throws. I don't know if we need a day of shooting free throws, but when I'm saying has missed free throws, then I know there's an issue because he's one of our, you know, our clutches shooters. And it's just unacceptable for any team. Um, you know, I, I remember playing when I was younger, and if you missed your free throws, you, there was a penalty for that, so these guys I'm sure getting it from Mick but that's that's all has to do with discipline and just focus for the whole team collectively so we got to get there I know it comes with time and rhythm but as long as we get there and then we don't have defensive laps as you mentioned then I think we'll be good I'm also excited I know Jalen Clark didn't get many minutes I think he got like six four to six on the last game but eventually him coming on in the season so hopefully you know I hope he stays patient, you know, and his time will come, because there are going to be other wings. But I think he can add another element in terms of just energy, and um, also just high flying dunks. So I'm excited to see him get comfortable, and that might not be till the end of the year. And then you mentioned Juzang. when he gets back, I think he's going to add more of a calming, and you know, calming presence to the court, and just uh, I'm excited to see how he fits into the offense. Because I mentioned Singleton and Jules Bernard, but I'm pretty sure Ju Zhang is also going to be a step up in terms of consistency and just being a contributor. Um,
1: yeah, we're so we have hopefully we see Ju tonight. So we have uh, University of San Diego upcoming tonight. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 9th. Um, and then on Friday, we have our biggest test of the, the season, I think. is... Um, Maybe after San Diego State, but we have Marquette coming up, which will be a tough, tough game, um, and so that should really give us a good, better indication of where this team is at right now. Um, you know, as a from a non-conference perspective as well, strengthens our schedule a little bit if we can get that W on the on the stat sheet. So there's some exciting stuff going on with the team. I think we're moving in the right direction overall. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see how we do tonight. Hopefully, we should win uh, against San Diego. Where you know they're a similar team to Cal or Seattle, where we should be bigger and stronger and you know more talented than them. But stranger things have happened, so hopefully, we take care of business, and then we go into Marquette with uh, all of our guns blazing and can get be back to basically full strength with Zhang back. So I'm excited for that, those these two games.
0: Yeah, I think um, San Diego, we got to be one of the San Diego schools. So uh, whatever we didn't take out on San Diego State, we got to take out on San Diego tonight <laughs> and just assert dominance. Uh, the other thing is with Marquette is that uh, they did upset, you know, number four at the time, Wisconsin, so... Uh they're 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 gonna be well disciplined and you know they're in a pretty tough conference in the Big East. Uh so yeah, that I'm actually I actually think that may be our toughest out of conference game. Um, even more so than Kentucky, which has looked to, you know, not have a hot start after losing to Georgia Tech and to Richmond. They don't look um, great before that it don't look great, you know, and so that's going to be, you know, a marquee game in terms of the national headlines and, and put on TV, but I think this one is going to be the the measuring stick that we want to see and where, where Mick necessarily is with this program, and I think it comes at a good time now that, you know, well, granted, I say that because Ju Zang is back tonight, but uh, I think we have our feet wet and we can see, you know, we had three more games before conference play, so let's see where we're at.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's, uh, let's hope for the best, and hopefully we're, we're really back on track to where we think we are um, and can, can keep rolling. Um, obviously, with everything has an asterisk. Hopefully, everything actually gets played out um, with all the COVID concerns. But, you know, so far, so good. Um,
0: Speaking of played out, we just had a game that concluded probably less than an hour ago on the other side. Um, yes. with Cor- Corey close and coach Corey close and the, and the woman, they continue their dominance.
1: Did it, um, did we win by like 70 points? <laughs> it felt
0: like it, uh, very much well up. I believe the score is one hundred two to 45.
1: Um, so yeah, we, we won by 70 points almost. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they're doing well.
1: I, uh, you know they
0: had a tough game against Arizona played them really close, lost a nail biter um, and then end up beating Arizona State shortly after but I mean Michaela Osborne I mean these girls are playing in a tough conference so it's it's as we said and you know in the last episode it's gonna be there's gonna be games that they're just gonna have to they're gonna to tough out and they're gonna win some, you know, shockers in the conference. And what I mean by that is a few teams that shouldn't be ranked over them, but they may lose to Arizona, who's two spots ahead of them. Um, so,
1: yeah, that was a tough loss. I watched uh, some of that game. I mean, it was it was a closely contested game on an opponent's home court. You know, even with no fans, you know, there's still level of familiarity that you have at home. So, you know, I I'm not gonna take too much from that especially that being what their second game back um and the fact that they you know played that well and almost won um on the road is is a good sign for me that early on um and you know as this team continues to gel and get better uh I do want to note that even the the women's team is not back at full strength I know they have two freshmen who are at least two freshmen that I can think of that are actually stuck overseas um, due to some of this political um, maneuvering due to the pandemic. Um, And I know the LA Times had a very good article about, you know, student athletes who've been impacted by that. So, you know, they do, there is some firepower missing. I'm not sure how much playing time they would have gotten anyways, but still that's bench depth. Um, which can be an impact. So, you know, I think the women's team is, is set up well. You know, I think at this point in her tenure at UCLA, we can always sort of trust Coach Close to have this team ready to go and play at a high level. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited to keep watching them through the season and um, hopefully we can make a deep run into the tournament with them.
0: I think the one thing that 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 still gave me a little bit of hope and you know and positivity leaving the Arizona game was that the fact that our offense was still able you know to churn and and Michaela got her double double um, and you know Lauren did well Osborne uh, but it just looked like it was on the defensive end that you know we we had we let one player Trinity get too many points and and also McDonald between the two of them so. Uh, i think that is something that we can always improve on so that was good to see and i don't know do we have them on the schedule again i'm not sure initially uh, i think we do. Um... yeah we do um we do it back next in january so again we're going to be playing a lot more tougher teams as well before then so um i'll be excited to see where we are back when we play arizona versus now
1: yeah i think it's uh it's a program that I think is just on on almost like autopilot, where we can always just expect good results from the the teams now.
0: Yeah, but just slowly on an incline, as well. Yes, Not definitely even slowly, because it, it's it's going up, but you know it's just steady. That's more so.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, always getting better. And who knows what would have happened last season in the tournament? We could have gotten to a final Elite Eight or Final Four. You know, it's hard to say. Sadly, season got cut short, so no point of looking back on it. But yeah, it's um, it's it's always fun to watch, and it's a pleasure to have a team that's so consistently good and. Hopefully our men's team is going to be, be in that same kind of level uh, as, uh, as the women's team is in the next couple of years. And, um, and hopefully football is always that consistently good too. Speaking of which, it is rivalry week, so we do have to talk about this team.
0: The team, should we X out their name? Uh, just C, XC.
1: Yes. I, I just on a, on a rivalry week related note, um I think what you're referring to is is um Martin Jarmond on all of his tweets and uh social media posts he is Xing out the letter S in the spirit of rivalry week, which I absolutely love. Um and so I guess maybe. Are are you saying we should start doing that too? I think so. All right. So (laughs) UXC. Yep.
0: UXC. I just I love calling.
1: I love calling them Southern Cal because they just get so irritated by that.
0: Yeah, Southern Cal, SoCal. Yeah, Southern, but Southern California. I mean, yeah, Southern Cal is probably the best to to piss them off.
1: It's um. Yeah, it's it's a strange season of football. Chip Kelly has his first winning season. Um, yeah. So what
0: happened this this Saturday? I I you went on quite a rant in the third quarter. I actually was gonna message you and be like, watch this third quarter. We had such a great half. I just feel like this third quarter is gonna be complete opposite. I'm, just. I mean, I, I'm glad I didn't because then I would have got a, a bunch of texts back that was jinxing us. <laughs> From here.
1: We just, uh, yeah, you're you're the king of the jinx. You're like uh, Joe Buck on that Ravens game last night. Um.
0: Speaking of Ravens game, I'll get into that because I was watching highlights and there's a connection to UCLA. There's not really, but there's observation I made. Uh, what is it? I just think that DTR should have just watched Lamar Jackson tape. That's it. Like, if he really, I don't... It, the frustrating thing is a lot of these guys come in and they're like, there's this one way to be a quarterback, and it doesn't have to be that. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson is a prototype for the type of QB DTR should strive to be. Um, clearly, Lamar, I mean, we all saw him in college. Like, He led a, a, a Bobby Petrino Louisville team it it was insane what he did to Florida State, you know, and how he handled, you know, a highly ranked Clemson. But still DTR, that should be what he watches. I'm watching that that just that easy T D against like he just ran up the middle. I was like, what the
1: fuck? It's it's funny that you mentioned that there so just for our listeners reference, I, I am a Ravens fan. Uh, it's a long story, but I'm a Ravens fan and and so I do I do watch a lot of them, and there are some some interesting parallels there. That now that you mention it, between kind of what's going on with their the Ravens' offense and what you know DTR could learn from. I think there is there's some parallels there. Um, yes, I think DTR could learn from Lamar Jackson, but it's it's funny you say that because one of the things that has been an issue for Lamar this year, and part of that is on the offensive. Um, play calling and the coaching staff um, in Baltimore, but they've also tried to make him more of a pocket passer this season, and part of that apparently is from Lamar wanting to sort of prove that he can do it. And so they were running a lot of plays where they were just, you know, drop back passing plays with him. Um, And interestingly enough, I feel like Chip Kelly wants to do that with DTR a lot, which really doesn't play to his strengths and really stalls the offense. Um which is what we really saw in that third quarter is our offense just sucked. Um and allowed ASU to get back into the game and allowed for um the and and let the defense really get just tired out and let again gave up a lot more more yards and and a little bit got a little bit closer than we wanted it to be. So it is, it is a weird conundrum that I think we're in. In our QB situation is where, for whatever reason, when Chase Griffin is in there, Chip Kelly seems to play call much better and plays to his strengths where he obviously doesn't want to have a bunch of deep throws down the field, and we run the ball more. I don't know why we're not doing the same thing with DTR because we could run the ball incredibly effectively with DTR on the field, probably even more effectively. And we could probably, you know, be able to throw the ball down the field when we want to. But I just think Chip does it way too much with DTR.
0: Yeah, I I think this is a was this the first game? I, just, I don't know if you've been listening. I've been a big fan or just of DTR's potential. And I kind of just pushed to or leaned into it in terms of finding a, a prototype for him and Lamar. But I, 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 I agree. This was like one of the first games. I was like, this guy is doing pretty well in the first half, even though he threw that almost interception. Um, and his comment on it was that the, the safety, they pulled the a play, you know, before that and there's a play two plays before that throw that he made that was very. A lot of us judge the play and be like, what the hell are you thinking before DeLon Hurt went up and saved, you know, had an awesome catch, but it was just a risky throw. Supposedly, the read on that um, fell into what he saw two plays before. So that's still a concern in that sense, you know, it's just like. Um, I watched DTR, you know, analyze his film on the SE game last year, and he was hard on himself, and he was like, yeah, I shouldn't have made that throw, which was, you know, interception. interception. Um, I was picked off, and I think it was Iman Marshall, but I, I forgot this the cornerback who picked it off, and they were, like, in the red zone. But it's, it's that same type of frustration. Like, he really needs to just relax. And also, after the first half, not come back in and and just abandon what he's doing. Um, I know, you know, a lot of it was the, the play calling of Chip, but also DTR just fell into a sack. And I was like, are you serious? Like, le- re- you know, Sean Ryan's over there blocking for him. And he just scrambles into the sack. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, there's just this type of instinct that you see with Griffin. And a lot of QBs and DTR just doesn't seem to have it. You know, even... With Jaden Daniels, as many mistakes as he had, he's had some miraculously and spectacular plays as well. And I was just like, man, imagine if we had this guy. It's funny because they have like similar frames, but one just, they play like completely different quarterbacks. One throws the ball, the other thinks he can throw the ball the way the other quarterback does, which is, you know, a year younger than him, but he just can't, just not at this point of his career. And I used to think, okay, this guy just needs more reps. But honestly, if it's your second year, full year starting, it's your third year playing, um, it's your fourth year as a QB, I, I don't know if he he has the, the type of intangibles we want with a pro QB, more so than just being a college dual threat, like a Lamar Jackson at Louisville, which I think he can be. He had some spectacular runs. And also, but to his credit, he had an amazing game-winning drive, and not amazing, but he had some really key plays that he threw to Dulcich, you know, and I think there was one that he just lasered in the middle to to Kyle Phillips, and so there were like these, still these certain things that I'm like, okay, I trust him at this moment, but again, it just, it does feel like, you know, you're playing a joker
1: card, you don't know what you're going to get with DTR. It's, It's really concerning. So, I I think we can both agree, you know, DTR is an immensely talented court person and athlete and quarterback. Uh, All the the tools are there. My biggest concern with uh, him, and I think you mentioned this, is, you know, he does, he keeps making the same mistakes over and over again. And like you said, you're, you know, four of playing the position. I know it's not necessarily a ton of time, but I would feel it feels like it should be enough time to not make the same mistake over and over again. I think the most obvious one that, you know, even me who has never played quarterback in a in a organized league or anything knows like you don't throw as a QB off your back foot. And we see time and time and time again, GTR keeps throwing off his back foot. And I just I don't understand if it's just like he thinks his arm strength overcomes that, like throwing off the back foot mechanic or what it is that he keeps doing it, but he clearly just hasn't learned not to do that still. And that is like the bellwether that frustrates me about him and tells me that like I don't know if he's you know the guy all the time. To- it needs to be the the guy. I, I understand that Chase Griffin is very limited in terms of what he can do for the team and, you know, from an arm strength perspective um, and from an athleticism perspective. But, you know, I I, I do think that he's shown enough accuracy. He showed more zip on the ball than I was expecting from him. Um, And what he brings to the table is, you know, QB just like you said feel for the game he has instincts and he he plays the game smartly like he doesn't make a ton of mistakes yes he's thrown a couple of interceptions on throws that got away from him he's fumbled the ball like I, I, he has made mistakes he's not a hundred percent perfect quarterback in that aspect but he really limits those mistakes and I always get the sense when he's under center or when he's playing like he he has a command of the position and pocket presence that I have not really seen in DTR, um, and just makes heady plays. And and like I said, it for whatever reason, Chip calls better games with him. I mean, our the strength of our team, frankly, is not um, you know throwing the ball or cubing. You know, our 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 skill guys are, are decent. But you know, we don't have that one go-to you know big-name wide receiver that we can just constantly throw the ball to and he'll rack up 100 yards a game. It's, it's a team effort on that end. But our strength, we do have two really good running backs that we should be running all the time. And we have a pretty good offensive line now that we can be running behind. And so when we get away from that, it stalls the offense. And we saw that again against ASU. Um, and it just leads to all sorts of bad things obviously when the offense is stalling the defense is gassed and it just it takes away the the edge that we have when we can relentlessly attack the quarterback on defense we just can't do that when our guys are dead and, and tired so we we need to make sure that we we keep calling the games like we need to and and For whatever reason i feel like chase griffin fits the mold better for that yeah so i
0: mean it's not a moot point but it is going to be interesting going to to usc's uh you know a rivalry game dtr did have actually a really overall pretty good game against usc last year uh but you know we we just don't know in terms of him being a wild card and he's presumed to start as we expect um you know we're we're very confident in our backup situation which is which is pretty nice going into the game, but how are we feeling about the rivalry game?
1: What do you think It's interesting like you know their um s c Southern Cal is undefeated um but they've really you know the last the first two games they didn't look very good. They really laid it on to Washington state a little bit last week, so they do have some momentum going a little bit. But, you know, they're, I, I do think they're a beatable team, and they're not like some unstoppable juggernaut or by any means. They're obviously talented across the board, as they always are. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, their coaching has been suspect. We need that. So they're, they, they're sort of the same. It feels like the same USC program of the last couple of years. Uh, you know, Slovis isn't an excellent quarterback. They have great wide receivers. But that being said, if we can control the tempo of the game and, and and you know, be more physical with them, which I feel like we can, we can beat them. There's, there's a very good chance we beat them. And I think we need to go back to that formula from, was it two years ago when Wilton Spate, a, a Wilton Spate-led, I just want to, Say that again. Wilton Spate <laughs> led... You know, what a strange
0: first trip Kelly here. Yeah. yeah.
1: Led a UCLA team to victory over them pretty resoundingly. I mean, uh, Josh Kelly just ran rough shot all over them that game. And we were the more physical team. We hit their quarterback and we were able to just knock them around like... What we wanted to do, and I think if we play a similar game where we attack Slovis and and you know keep him off balance for long, to you know make sure our 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 secondary isn't hanging out there to dry for a lot of the game, and we run the ball well, we can beat this team.
0: I um, you touched on one thing, and. Chip Kelly's 1-1 versus USC, his first year, both in Spain. Uh, I mean, yeah, he had a, a few like highlight plays. He had that crazy throw to Theo Howard. Um, or more so, was not a crazy throw, but a great catch by Theo Howard. And then Josh Kelly just ran for a record day. But that's the point. I think our game is going to depend on the run game um, for this one. And what I mean by that is having a good mix of DTR. Felton, and hopefully he's back healthy.
1: Um, he played in the yeah. last game. It wasn't yeah, like he, he didn't w- play at all. We just didn't see a whole lot of him.
0: Yeah, and they seem like they had him on limited um, snaps, but I think he'll be back. Hopefully he's on full snaps and not just used as like our golden mushroom because he helped in that last drive, I mean, immensely, especially that last run. Um, and so hopefully he's back. Britton Brown, I mean, he's he was great last game so he keeps up that momentum um and then Kyle Phillips had a great game against USC last year in the first half um so I'm I'm looking forward to him and you know Chase and DeLon you know and then maybe even our big guys Dulcich Dulcich is has continued to show up and you know our strengths have been our tight ends but it's nice to see that that momentum's continuing uh, and that you know that legacy is continuing with Dulcich, um, who I think was just listed for an award this week, if I'm not wrong. So I think on the offensive end, I'm not too worried. I think, like yeah, their corners are going to be a lot more physical than they've been. Um, and, which is funny enough that the, their two starters are former UCLA commits um, under Martin. So uh, and under Mora, one was Chris Dale, who had his own you know journey to SEC and, and back to SC as we expected and then the other one is uh, Elijah Griffin you know so both of these guys are going to be um, very handsy with our with uh, both of our uh, I mean with our wide receivers but uh, I think you know as long as we have the guys in the slots we look at Phillips and Dulcich our, our passing game should be okay but our engine is our running game and I think we'll be able to to, to rush pretty well, as long as we scheme away from Hufanga, because he was a monster the last game. To a point, I just, I was very annoyed with his antics as well, like, he was trying to suplex one of the, the the, was- the Washington State running back, it was just, it was crazy, and that's his first time filling into that slot, because, um, Gaiote, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. the, who's into the transfer porter, he filled in for him, and, I mean, he did a hell of a job, so, uh, as he moves around, and he's he's kind of in that role, he's going to be in the middle. and We just have to scheme away from him. Uh, on the defensive side, I'm excited to see what our our defensive line does against theirs. I think we're going to get a lot of pressure that Kedon Slovis hasn't experienced in any of his games. Um, and we, sh- I'm, I'm expecting sacks. The only my biggest concern is just the weapons they have on the outside. They, I mean, USC at this point is stacked. I think they have. I want to say four, five stars. And not just to look at the stars, but you can clearly see this talent there with Kyle Ford, Gary Bryant, Amon Ra, and Brew McCoy, who are still getting the, you know, Kyle Ford and Brew are still getting limited reps, but Gary Bryant's coming into his own. And Amon Ra, I mean, the guy has, the guy got four TDs last game. It's, you know, he's going for that first round pick. So I expect him to be sharp in this one and then you can't forget Drake London. Like their weapons are just stacked and I don't expect their you know their running back by committee to do much. But if as long as we contain that and you know, we keep our our you know, our secondary strong and Quinn Lake, you know, he actually trained with Amon Ra during the off season, so I'm hoping he has some type of personal like I'm gonna make sure, you know, Vendetta against like make sure that I don't let him Get off and get his get his
1: stats, um, and, and Lake didn't just, play in the last game, so you know he has a little chip on his shoulder. Exactly. So, hoping that continues.
0: Um, I'm excited to see the. You know, not only that, I didn't even mention Tyler Vons, who's another five star on the roster. I mean, it, but his brother is gonna. Hopefully, we get his brother, and that would be fun to see, uh, John Johnson. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting times. I'm really looking forward to this game. You mentioned one thing, is that it's the same UFC team we see. Yeah, they're going to have a weak O-line. Um, they'll have playmakers at you know certain positions that bell them out um, here and there, but, and they're going to be on discipline. But I really think we have a pretty good chance. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, and what I mean by that is in the 30s between the both teams. And... You know, I think we have a good chance. I'm I'm expecting us to win, but I'm expecting it to be a three to seven point win, um, maybe yeah between that range. Uh, so, uh, you know, if there was a score I had to come up with, it would be like thirty eight, thirty one, which would be the ideal. I mean, ideal would be blowing them out, thirty eight to three or whatever. But still, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this year. I think they're they're undefeated. They're they're trying to go into the championship game, but we should spoil that. Um, and you know, I in the sake of how we feel about Chip Kelly, it's it never it always goes to the side when it comes to SE game. Um, and we always root for these kids to win. You know, we, there's no tanking in college football. They only have so many years. So let's get this one in.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it goes without saying. I mean, this is always the most important game of the year for any coach and, and the players. It can literally make or break a coach's career at UCLA. If you if Chip wins and, you know, we go on to have a winning record this season, it, I think it builds some goodwill within the fan base and within the, the administration. Um, and if he loses, and he loses the game after that too, which we don't know who we're playing yet, it could get him fired. I mean, in an ideal world, it gets him fired. So it's it's it, there's obviously always a lot of stake on uh, it's a lot on the line for this game. Um, yeah, I'm excited too. I I've been only wearing blue all week. Um, you know, I haven't really been going out in the stores or anything. Or but you know, anytime I see a USC license plate, I honk at them flip them off. Usually if I'm at the store, I'll go knock down, like, the uh, the aisle of, of USC gear at, like, the Target. So I can't do any of those things this year, but I'm doing that in spirit. You're, like, um,
0: you're going online and and not purchasing all the stuff, all the USC stuff. You're just scrubbing it somehow. Maybe I, what yeah. I-
1: what I used to do is... I used to literally take all the UCLA stuff and cover all the USC stuff at like a store. So you couldn't see any of it. That was always fun.
0: So this is, yeah, welcome to to the world of Zed's Beat USC Week Traditions. That's what he does. That's his, uh, <laughs> I've done that as well. I haven't done it in a traditional way of the week. But yeah, anytime I saw USC gear, I'll cover it up. Um, cool. And then I, I think to that, I we had exciting news. I mean, with the football program, I think we should touch on is that the recruiting hasn't been that great um, outside of the O-line and, and on that ball. And we just, I think even as we we're recording, we had a flip. That was expected with one of our outside linebackers. And I think that's the place where we can take a hit. But it's just more so for the symbol of recruiting. And because we, we lost Kirkwood, which would have been great to have him. He's an athlete from Sarah. I'm honestly against recruiting Sarah. To I mean, I know we're going after Malik Murphy, who who looks like he has us in his top. I don't trust any of these Sarah guys. When it comes to the circles they have around, it's such an SE like infested place and in terms of 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 the people around him because kirk would even mention like when he committed people were like why are you going to ucla and he was like no i want to be a part of the change and the pressure got to him it's just it's not we should just stop recruiting that place unless we have a personal personal connection with someone you know there we should continue you know going after bosco building that pipeline um you know in a few other schools but there are certain schools we should just stay away from until we're consistently winning, and we know these kids are serious about coming to play for us, and consistently winning is going to the Pac-12 championship, Um, you know, every other year or so. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that with Kirkwood. Uh, And then also Deshaun Morel, who seems honestly to just, I mean, we're expecting him to, to stay east, and we understand why it's just unfortunate circumstances where everybody's dealing with. But um, I honestly think we also still have a chance to, to to have him commit. I think he's doing the right thing by decommitting and not, you know, he probably from all the interviews I read, he's like I just don't want to have the expectation that I'm going to sign with UCLA when he's on when he's now got offers that he's seriously looking at. And I took that as a sign of respect on his recruitment. So uh, other than that, yeah, our class is not looking like it's going to finish out strong. Even you know the results from the unfilled aren't gonna um ripple down to the high schoolers just yet but uh it's it's
1: not a good class by any means right now and it's it's 11th in the conference yeah i mean that's no Um, good
0: yeah and 72nd in the country we're like yeah we're not doing too hot so yeah even with that i don't think much of it's going to change with an se win but again we who knows? We had a stretch what last year with three game win- wins, and we just all of a sudden we got John, we got Vaughn's, we got Loya, we had another one, I think was Sellers in there as well. It was, it was, just, uh, it was I think good, so. It, yeah, it was a good three weeks, and we hit big. So everything I mean, yeah, it's early signing days coming up, and it's not it's an irregular season, but with that football is winning on the field but it doesn't have that foundation um and we're it it only makes the class of 2022 even that more important and it sounds like it's something i'm sure that martin jarman is paying close attention to and which is refreshing
1: yeah definitely i mean you know winning on the field should result in better recruiting but we're not seeing the effects of that yet but again it's one season so this I I don't blame recruits for not completely buying in on this yet because it's, it could just be a flash in the pan and we don't know if this is a sustained actual like, um, program turnaround yet or not. We really don't. So, you know, I, I think we're still a little bit in a wait and see kind of mode, but hopefully this is a sustained turnaround and, you know, winning three in a row and beating SC this weekend will go a long way in establishing that.
0: Agreed. And then, obviously, this, this game is, is as important as it should always be, as Zed said. Um, it can also determine Chip's fate along with the game after the week before, the next week. So big, big game for many reasons other just than rivalry, um, as if it is every other year. Last year it was supposed to be the one that got Hilton fired. Luckily, it's the one <laughs> somehow he's he stayed, but yeah, we'll see.
1: He's still chugging somehow.
0: Chugging along. Um, on that, I mean, Martin Jarman, he is killing it. He
1: is killing it. I have not been this hyped for UCLA football or or UCLA athletics. Um, since since probably we hired Chip Kelly, so maybe I should temper my expectations. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh,
0: I think they're I think they're already gone. Uh. There's nothing we can do. Um, Jordan, I mean, it's been rumored, but it's official. Uh, the rollout was done very well. Things went out, and yeah, I mean, it's very exciting to see that we actually have an apparel deal with a company that everybody consensus wise is like, I love that brand um, from one reason or another. It's just, yeah, it's the ideal world. I didn't think I would see this day um, for a long time. I thought eventually we would end up with, you know, Jordan, well with Nike, just because I just, I couldn't see these other apparel companies working out. So um, but as you said, I think you tweeted like this is the silver lining with COVID uh, at least for the UCLA athletic department is that UA decided to make this rash decision which is probably going to cost them a lot of money next year um, in settling, and now we have a great partner who gets it.
1: It's you know from a from a branding perspective, I think it's a it's a match made in heaven. I mean. You know, UCLA is a big brand and it has the history and legacy, but you can argue in many ways it has kind of that faded glory aspect, right? Like, yes, we have the history of winning championships. We have, you know, these major, major figures in in, in both football and basketball and, and every other sport, you know, you can think of. And you just think about, like, you know Rafer Johnson, who just recently passed away. Like he was a giant um, in athletics and and as a humanitarian. So you think of all these these things that you the UCLA brand is associated with, um, and then you put that into a big you know media market like Los Angeles. There's no reason why we shouldn't be incredibly successful as a brand. Um, but again. You know, on-field results do matter, and the last, you know, 15, 20 years have not necessarily been kind to us on the field um, or court, and it's been very inconsistent. But I think bringing Jordan in to kind of revitalize the brand and and couple a little bit of that that history and legacy with a lot of cutting-edge storytelling and products I think will do us wonders and I think it'll help our on-field and on-court um, uh, performance with with the recruiting advantages that we get and I'm I'm super excited for the the partnership I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they kind of put together um, you know we've already seen some details about it in terms of you know the The initiatives that they're going to be doing with their student athletes, for instance, I think is really great. Um, I believe they're going to be providing certain internships and and opportunities for, you know, our our student athletes to go up to Nike in the summer and and be able to to work there and and do things like that to give them opportunities outside of sports um, to to expose them to that. So I, I think overall it's going to be really really fun to watch Um, i already set a calendar notification for fall 2021 i think i put it on the first day of fall so i'm holding jordan and nike to that to start um, i think
0: it will probably be in august by the way so you should probably adjust that shit
1: all right yeah, I I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna probably apply for a new new credit card before then just so I can max it out on on Jordan stuff. Um, you know, and and besides branding, I think for UCLA just Jordan by itself just carries such a a cultural cachet within you know sports and and just kind of modern culture. It's it's really kind of that that unique bridge brand between you know, being an elite sports brand where, like, they do make gear that is, you know, cutting edge and and some of the best on the market. But it also expands beyond that into kind of, like, it's the cool shoes and the cool gear that people who don't, aren't necessarily athletes, but just want to look a certain way and look cool, like, will buy. And it melds into fashion and art. And so... You know, aligning that brand with UCLA is just, like, the most exciting thing you can think of doing.
0: Agreed. Completely.
1: Agreed.
0: Um, I uh, I also will... I have some Jordan, actually, shorts on right now, and I was looking at them today. I was like, I can't wait to get these in UCLA colors. So, <laughs> I don't have it on my calendar, but, you know, I haven't mentally set that, you know... Gonna, and then also, funny enough, I have that UCLA Under Armour shirt that you got for me. Um, that is eventually going to go in the trash next year. <laughs> so <It's> lasted <laughs> lasts a long time, thanks, Ed, But it's no longer needed. That's hilarious. There's going to be a Jordan cleanse. Um, oh, I uh, I have a whole well, list a of UA things. Under Armour
1: cleanse for
0: yeah. For, I have a whole list of
1: things that I'm uh, I'm hoping that Jordan and Nike makes for us. Um, they've been doing the. I don't know if you're familiar with the the Nike Dunks, but they originally kind of, their original marketing campaign around those in like the 80s, were early 90s was around the college teams that they were sponsoring at the time. So I think it was like Syracuse and Michigan and a few other teams, and they had those in the the colorways. Um, So I'm really, I'm I'm hoping that they they come out with some UCLA stuff. You know, I'm expecting to see a lot of Russell Westbrook um, stuff co-branded. I think that'll be cool to see. It's nice to get a, a an alum back into the fold and and you know act as a brand ambassador. He already kind of always repped UCLA pretty prominently anyway. So it's uh, it's nice to see that even in a more official capacity. Um, yeah, the the whole thing is just is is pretty exciting and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: It is. I mean, if it feels right, we always know USC kind of has this reputation amongst recruits um, in LA. Well, at least on the football side and most of the sports side is just this cool school. Like in terms, and a lot of it has to do with the Nike branding. It it it's not just the fact that there's a swoosh on it. It's just how those departments really get it done. And and Under Armour, I to their credit. Like they had the billboards, they were doing some creative stuff that we hadn't seen with with past sponsors, you know. But eventually, things just kind of tapered off. Um, and I think Nike's gonna get it right. I didn't. Well, I did. I liked under like. Let's not, you know, act like Under Armour was all bad. Like, yeah, they had. We had issues with them. We heard the gear wasn't as great. Um, but they gave us a lot of money and those resources, you know. And I think if we were winning you know, at a high level. I don't even know if we'll be in a situation because they probably been a, would have been like, we're still going to make, you know, enough money off of
1: UCLA. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it is interesting you bring that up because, you know, when you think about Nike as a company, like, they are, uh, you know, top-class market, a uh, top-class marketing organization and, and advertising organization, uh, like, they produce, uh, and with conjunction with their partners and whatnot, but they produce, like, really, really cool stuff always. You think about all their commercials. You think about, like, some of the, the you know, tribute commercials that they put out and things like that. Like, they, they are really good at that stuff as a company, and I'm excited to see what they do for UCLA in terms of, you know, getting getting UCLA uh, on like their Nike commercials and feature prominently as a team. And just, you know, the, that kind of stuff I think will be really cool to see on TV um, and on the internet. And yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I could probably talk about this all day and (laughs) you can, you can tell I'm, I'm very excited about this. I feel like it's, it's going to help unlock a lot of potential for the school and, uh, you know, restore some of that, that uh, cool factor. And, and I think, you know, what a lot of, we've talked a lot about how it, it restores the brand here with the recruits and fans, but we also have to think about kind of the international impacts too. I mean, UCLA as a brand overseas is already recognized as a, as a pretty well-known thing. People really resonate with it as a cool kind of un- American university. Um, and now you combine that with Nike and, and Jordan um, in a place like China where people there love Nike and love their, their Jordan brand stuff or in Japan or, or what all those different Asian countries that UCLA already has a strong brand with, um, it, just, it just strengthens that and expands that even more. more so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see um and you know i don't think we've really said this or we hinted at it, but shout out martin jarmond for getting this done and just um just the enthusiasm and the fun he seems to be having with this deal uh, you've probably seen all of the uh the commercials and stuff on social media he's been posting videos of him like you know, telling the teams and just taking, doing the photo shoots and all that stuff. Like he seems genuinely happy and like he's having a lot of fun with this. And that's really cool to see that it's not just like a, you know, cut and dry kind of business deal for him. It's like, he's really engaging with with the brand and with the community, um, which he's always been doing. And it's just a breath of fresh air to see that energy and that kind of commitment
0: yeah it's very much it's innovative it's in you know in culture and you no know, now we're jordan well next year we're jordan but we're gonna be jordan <sighs> what was it that you said m j got us m j let's leave on that
1: <laughs> m j did get us m j um yeah man it's uh it's an exciting week for u c l a let's um Let's wrap this up with a, um, a go Bruins, fuck SC. Hopefully, we run all over them this week. And um, yeah, next year, hopefully, we continue that win streak and we'll be looking good in some Jordan.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, with that, uh, we are going to set off we, a couple more days before the game um, and then by the time you hear this, that you know, hopefully our Bruins have whooped on University of San Diego, uh, and yeah, maybe even Marquette. But uh, stay safe out there, continue to wear a mask, and go Bruins. Go Bruins. Beat SC. Beat SC. Beat SC.
1: BXC. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, X. I forgot. <laughs> forgot about that. We're getting used to it. Yeah. Alrighty. All righty. Catch you guys later.
0: Signing off. Go Bruins.